0: Hello and welcome back to the 30 Minute CMO uh, podcast, uh, the first edition of 2022 and the 50th episode of the show. My name is Gorshi Kuchu and I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year.
1: Happy Half Century. What fun.
0: Half what Century. Fun.
1: Of, half- of of episodes.
0: That's right. I was completely thinking about the actual century and and thought that I I missed about 28 years somehow. Well,
1: that's that's what it feels like. We're in COVID years now. We have done 28 years in two years. That's at least what the mirror tells me when I look at it and the bags under my eyes.
0: Well, you are apparently doing something about it by being on um, somewhat of a dry January streak. So I'm the only one having real conversation juice and you are having water.
1: I am having the nectar of the gods water. I'm doing dry, dry-ish January, so trying to cut back on the old uh, the old carbonated uh, grain juice and um, just focusing on weekend imbibing of delicious cold dry martinis.
0: I don't feel sorry for you because you're still getting that. Um, I am actually <laughs> drinking... Um, one of my favorite winter drinks, which is, um, it's a Scotch, it's Laphroaig. It's incredibly peaty. It feels Oof. like you are hugging a very sweaty Scottish man who just finished rolling a log up a hill or something along <laughs> those lines, um, but it's delicious. It's,
1: um, it's it. I mean, it, it's basically saying, may I have a glass of smoke, please? And yeah. putting an ice cube in it.
0: Yeah, if... If I don't want my wife to hug me or be close to me for like a period of thirty minutes, I pour myself. This <laughs> it's basically that. Um,
1: uh, also, also shout out to Mark Whedon who drove from London-ish to Scotland, listening to the catching up on the uh, thirty-minute CMO. I think he listened to maybe six episodes, and at our average not 30 minutes that's a long that's a lot of driving and it's a lot of us so congratulations for doing that cheers <laughs> love that um we and we, we, we have, have the show. sound effects now <laughs> we have sound effects that wasn't even stock that was that was original that was live
0: <laughs> copyright 2022 um Yes, thank you for listening, and we're excited to have you guys back. And we will start with um, – well, first of all, I just want to say we're going to start with our regular Ad Talk edition. We are going to have some exciting interviews coming up um, in January, so we're pretty pumped about that. But let's let's get on with this. Ads we have thoughts about, and man, Ryanair, the budget man. airline of Europe, is having a moment on Twitter.
1: It is. It is excellent
0: you know how we sit with
1: with brand brand marketing and social marketing and everyone is like what's the brand purpose where do we sit on the intersection between who our brand is and what the customer cares about and they were like sod that look at the house that's on fire in uh in in parliament and let's just take the piss and it is the best decision they made so far this year
0: wouldn't you agree that this is also reflective of Ryanair's sort of voice? I mean, I feel like their voice up yeah. until now, like at least in my head, was their their CEO um, O'Leary, uh, who is just this obnoxious, very offensive individual who who just doesn't mince words. Their Twitter doesn't mince words either.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if if the person from Wendy's Twitter when they were like angry. Drank a bunch of cheap, um, suit, uh, was it uh, the super teas, and got a and went online and basically made memes themselves, <laughs> and this is what it is. And they got very angry, and here we are talking about Ryanair's assassination attempt of the the basically Boris Johnson.
0: Just a quick background story. Uh, There's a huge scandal in London, in England. Boris Johnson, the prime minister, is under heavy scrutiny for essentially having a party at the official residence during a very strict lockdown period when no one was allowed to do anything but stay at home and he was having a soiree with his um, staff and now is pretending like even though he was there and was pictured being there, that he didn't actually know it was a party even though everyone was partying and so... (laughs) Man, Ryanair is just like bending him over the coals on this one, and and having having a go at it. There is just like there are no bars hold. Like it's it's
1: awesome. It is. It's great. I mean, like everyone's furious as they should be because they banned everyone from doing anything. And like the, we thought the U.S. rules were tough. These were these were worse. Yeah. And, like everyone in London was like, this is outrageous. And then they were there, just like two fingers to everyone, sipping wine. I mean, like. There's two. There's there's the outdoor gathering of wine and cheese in the in the gardens. There's a big picture of like a bunch of people. Like I have less of an issue with that because if they're all working together and they're outside, like let's not pretend we also didn't do similar things. But when you're in, like inviting people around to the official residence who are not people who work there, and this isn't like a a work during work hours thing. And you're getting blitzed until, you know, the wee hours of the morning. And then you're prosecuting people for, you know, meeting up with their parents or doing things when you know, they have sick, sick loved ones. That is unacceptable. And Ryanair is channeling the rage of the UK population into these tweets, which have been phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I, I, also, I also assume that Ryanair knows its – I mean, first of all, uh, Ryanair knows its customers, right? People who are yeah. flying Ryanair, I think they enjoy the banter, um, and this is very much along those lines. And secondly, the airline industry in the UK just got completely housed over this whole period, right, with all of yep. the restrictions. And so I think as a business, too, they have a lot of grievances, and they're just really frustrated at the government. So um, well done. Well done, Ryanair. To, uh, two, thumbs, I mean, two thumbs up for a brand that I really don't care much about
1: <laughs> yeah I mean for a brand that I will never like I never had considered flying I would give them money because I, I appreciate what they're doing here. One of them is the is the meme that's the guy standing in the pot par- in the it's like you know, they don't know something and it's usually a joke that it's like they don't know I'm I not don't, I don't, don't even know but it's Boris Johnson's face on the stick drawing. And it's like, I don't know I'm at a party, which is like what he said. And then um, Wordle, which Gorsha was just trying to describe to me just before this, um, which is a new one of those, a new, new app game, app game, oh God, I sound old, <laughs> a new, uh, a new app, like, I guess it's and got you the, think that the of words have with, fun
0: with on the screens.
1: Yeah, one of those screen games um, where you have to guess the word. It's like Codebreaker from like the little pegs in the board game.
0: Anyway, All right, okay.
1: um, and the, and the word of their rules, and they didn't get it. So I just I, it's just like very culturally relevant. Yeah, it's it's very much in their brand tone of voice because it's like some obnoxious angry person angry man shouting at everyone and it's like it's bang up where the people who are going to be flying ryanair what they care about because they're probably not going to be supporting boris johnson
0: that's right well we'll see we'll see what bojo's um fate uh ends up being does it's not looking good so far in ryanair is definitely, let's see what uh,
1: ryanair's fate's going to be because let's
0: let's go let's go um look we have another uh an- we love ads out of the uk don't we yeah because they're just, good. Which, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe our selection, <laughs> maybe our feed is biased. I don't know. But we keep getting really good ones. Anyhow, uh, this next one that um, I really like, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, is um, is a bus shelter ad um, that was recently done for the National Center Centra, uh, for Domestic <laughs> Violence. Um, yeah, Center is misspelled. I
1: think it's spelled properly it's Spelled from the uk prop- remember
0: right it's uk properly but you know yeah it's because uh, well,
1: there's, there's there's the there's the there's center which is the place which is re and then there's center which is the middle which is er
0: yeah but when you say like welcome to staples center it's sent not centra it's center
1: yeah well, that's because y'all y'all spell things <laughs> wrong over here <clears throat> um yeah I think it's no, was... numbers um and
0: <laughs> um yeah but yeah this, uh, this I, I i i love this ad because it's it's first first of all it's arresting um it's an arresting ad mm-hmm. uh, i think if you're walking by you know sometimes you walk past digital screens and like something funky is going on where like there's actually an error message and like windows is restarting in the background i think that <laughs> yeah. always catches your eye this is yeah. sort of along those lines, but it has a lot of these overlapping uh, Windows error messages that I think, you know, for those of you who use Windows computers, you probably see them for everyone else. You know, Windows, when shit fails, you just like you just start seeing these overlapping error messages. Uh, these ones um, are all of the excuses that um, people, and I'm guessing women specifically, uh, come up with. Uh, to sort of excuse away the, the the violence that that's happening at home um, at the hand of uh, of their partners, things like you know a branch cut my face, I walked into a door. You know when people see see a victim of domestic violence and you know there are bruises and you you see that someone is hurt, a lot of times um, those those victims they they try to sort of excuse the the issue away, and um, this kind of takes us to the extreme, but. Um, it does kind of confront the person with, with the reflection of how ridiculous these excuses sound, right? That everyone knows what's happening and you're just not admitting to, to yourself. And, um, kind of the big, the big, um, error message there that stands out is, you know, if you're ready to reveal the truth, um, text this organization for a free protective injunction and, um, and I think the message is pretty clear that you know you 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 need to take the step um, to to save yourself because everyone everyone kind of sees the plight that you're going through.
1: I yeah no I think what you said at the beginning I was like this is it's a it's a out of home um, was it six sheet and yeah it's it you don't expect to see it and you see it and you think oh that thing's broken and then you look at it and you're like you see this covering up and the picture behind it is a, a man with a big gash on his face. And it's, it's, just, it's really smart. And I think it's just a really, it's a really good way to get someone to pay attention um, and for someone to pay attention of something that's really important that they can then do something about. So I, yeah, I think it's a really, it's a really great use of outdoor and a great use of um something that people recognize as being not right.
0: So let me ask you this question. We've talked about this before, and I think we've talked about this even with um, with guests we have on this um, on this show. In the UK, it's very common for agencies to work pro bono with charities such as um, such as this yeah. one. Do you think this ad was done um, as, you know, as 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 part of an effort to spread awareness, or as an award submission, because that's something that you guys brought brought up. You know that these a lot of times you see this kind of work being done by agencies for free in order to you know qualify for, for can get get recognition yeah. as an agency and then win commercial business. What's your take? And I know we don't have a background on this, so we might be completely off, but just kind of gut feel.
1: Uh, well, let's let's not pick apart this one and say the 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 essence of a of a agency working pro bono for someone um it's either the goodness of leadership that they want to do something and they will work for free to do it to the best to the best of their ability in service of that organization and that's you know the what we'd love to see happen most of the time If you're going to do something pro bono, the expectation is that you have more creative control because you're providing expertise and service for free to this organization that has no business working with a big agency because they can't afford it. So I think they use that to get work out into the open for free so that they can most of the time try and do something really clever to try and win awards. And you see it a lot. And I don't know. I think if you can do both, if you can get the message out and, and do a really good awareness campaign, both from a media perspective and from a creative perspective and and do as priority, like number one, get awareness of this and it, it achieve the metrics that they need to achieve. Great. And if you can award awards, that's double great. If you can just do one and get the awareness out, that's what you should be doing but if you do it just to try and win awards then i i don't like i don't like it I don't
0: I, uh, like when it i when i was working on the in the uk on the media agency side as part of like a larger overall agency entity that had creative as well um we worked with um mm-hmm. we, we worked with a cancer charity um and was the uh, they were a pro bono client of the um, creative part of the agency and there was always this question of um well how are we then going to make sure that this is seen uh by by a critical mass and they would come to the media team and uh, request that we go and find pro bono media placements and that was always the tough thing right because no media vendor if if times were flush um was going to give up inventory or at least good inventory so it was always kind of remnant it was um you know it mm-hmm. just never was good so achieving scale with uh, with any message is the critical element of any successful campaign and if you can't get that penetration if you can't get reach awareness um going regardless it doesn't matter how good your um campaign is you no one's if no one sees it did it really succeed yeah. um and that was that's always a very a tough,
1: media that's a very media point of view
0: because yeah, but it's the true. opposite. Is
1: from a creative point perspective, is you can have the biggest reach in the world, but if you don't have a good message, no one's going to care. And that's yeah, like, and so I and think, that, was... and that's where the two schools of thought battle consistently at that at that junction.
0: Yeah, but I think the pro bono work is all kind of crystallizes is because you're basically dealing with scarcity, right? Like scarce uh, scarce resources on the creative side, but like you, it's within the agency's control, so they can mobilize. But even scarcer kind of resources on the inventory side, which are hard to be mobilize because the agency doesn't own that. And so what I saw happening was, well, let's get whatever we can get and then plug in our PR team. And then the PR is going yeah. to blow this out. But the PR usually just blows it out through the trades. And so the only people that end up seeing this and applauding this are other agency people. And then it becomes kind of, you know, an echo chamber, you know, in the ad world of like, classic, oh my God, you did an excellent naval job, using. you know.
1: Yeah. And then no, one, no, one, no real people see it.
0: And then no, um, no real. That, but it. I think
1: I think that could have been the case when you didn't have like the virality of social, and you know you can you can put one billboard somewhere and the whole world could see it because people take pictures of it and send it around to their friends and put it on on social, and you know that's how we're seeing this. Like we're seeing this picture of a billboard of a of a six sheet on King's Road. You know they they could have had maybe five billboards in and around you know kensington chelsea yeah and we're we're here in the u.s talking about it
0: yeah but that's also courtesy of an agency person taking a picture to like give props to an agency person who uh came up (laughs) with this you know do you see any hashtags in here do you see any sort of digital drivers i don't so no it's uh there's there's clearly zero thought that was given to um to this going viral um so anyway good good message i think clever creative. Uh, it was just interesting to think about you know, what is the shelf life of something like this and does it really achieve the purpose that it's uh, meant to achieve or hopes to achieve. <laughs> um, so that's ads that we have thoughts about. We also have thoughts about <laughs> events. Um, and I just oh, really yeah. wanted to touch on um, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show that is the marquee sort of event at the beginning of the year and you and I I think both went to did
1: we both go to CS? no you went i went, to went CS. Didn't.
0: i mean it's mm-hmm. it's just insane right it's huge and last year was canceled because covid hit uh no last last year was canceled the year before it, it happened right before covid and this did. year it <laughs> took place and no one went and- it
1: happened <laughs> and, and 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 in the weeks leading up to it everyone was dropping out. Yeah. Um, And it was, and it was like, not just, you know, this and that, it was like GM pulled out and like big, big companies who are there pull out. And it was, it was, it was really, it was really bad. I think this, the CES team uh, basically were like, we're putting it on. So we don't have to refund everyone all of their money. Because if we, if we cancel it, everyone gets their money back. It's, financially better for us even if it pisses everyone off is to keep it going and you sent a picture to me of someone in in was it it's, it's in one of the main corridors and these these aren't like normal corridors these corridors are like like 50 feet wide yeah and it was like five people in it yeah and and i assume that corridor is so Packed. You can't walk in a straight line down it.
0: Yeah, I mean exactly right. And uh, uh, the the corresponding um, conversations under under that picture were, you know, a bunch of sales folks who I think flew in, uh, who saw that none of their <laughs> clients were there. There were zero opportunities. All trying to book flights on that Tuesday back home because there was just zero reason to be there. Um, I Insane. I wanted to ask the question of like. Is CES still relevant? It's clearly still relevant. It's still it's still an important event. How they handled it this year, I I, I would love to hear from those people who had to deal with you mm-hmm. know canceling and trying to get refunds because there's no shortage of conferences that want to take a bite out of CES's uh, pie. Yeah. And did CES do itself any favors by maybe being too hard nosed about how they um, went about? you know, with the cancellations.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one cause they still want it to be relevant and no one wants to go to a virtual conference cause they're an absolute waste of time. Um, and I feel like because they canceled last year, if they, if they missed two years in a row, then they start to lose the, their grip on where the most important electronics announcement show. I think the, the timing of it, like people still announced stuff, during the CES timeframe, I mean, it might have been through virtual, yep. or it might have just been through. They had the time slots booked with their with their senior leadership, so they were like, "We're going to do it anyway." They made all the collateral for it. Was we are having to announce it? So, like, it's still relevant in that people still found time to announce things, and I I, I think CES is one of the potentially one of the rare ones where it's relevant enough. And important enough in the in the cycle of people's product production that it's it makes sense. I, I remember you saying, like South by Southwest, like that is a that is a conference that has bears no relevance in the timings of any releases, and it just exists for people to pontificate in Austin and party, um, and party for a couple of days. And that has no like that if that doesn't come back, I don't think you know. I don't think anyone's gonna miss that one, uh, for example.
0: Can we uh can we just start pivoting to outdoor conferences? Um because I feel like if CES was held primarily outdoors, uh it would have a better chance of um yep. of attendance. And also like who wouldn't want an outdoor conference? Come on.
1: I mean we went we went to a conference that was like Semi-outdoor. That was pretty great. There you go. That's the new future of yeah. conferences. Yeah. All right. What's next? Don't do it in the desert. Um, what's next? So talking about virality, uh, quick, uh, quick segue. This video you sent me of uh, this, this chap on TikTok ripping into the agency world was one of the best things that I've seen this week. And I've watched it maybe a hundred times. It is so good. It's essentially this guy, f- front camera filming himself, and his delivery is what makes this. And I'm not going to try and do it. You have to watch it, um, and it's basically the premise is uh, he's delivering a chemistry meeting introduction or like a agency leader uh, announcement of the new agency positioning and it's and it's how all new agencies are trying to detach themselves from the old agency model and the old agency world and it's and it's all about doing things different to what's been done before uh some of the some of the quotes that I loved were it's we all like ridiculous
0: pe- stuff right like just completely ridiculous yeah
1: but the the agency stuff where they're trying to be different and they're trying to stand out and this yeah. guy just like ramps it up but like you also don't really know like you could see some agencies saying this, but it's like stuff like eating pizza crust first. And then it's like, you want to create with us? Hit the contact button and tell us we'll get you canceled. Want to work for us? Only anarchists need apply. That one, I have seen. I have seen a job description, which almost was exactly that. Um, And then it goes on to say things like, you know, punching traditional media in the face, uh, mugging the algorithm, embezzling from the comment section, breaking and entering hearts and minds that one i can guarantee you is on some manifesto some portfolio somewhere (laughs) that's right and then and then the best thing is he goes on to this and he's like and like it just gets more and more ludicrous and it's like the eight it's like trying to position themselves as like the antithesis of a wpp you know juggernaut with every kind of leader leader um leadership title and uh and combination of letters. And it goes, now look at our client list, seven oil companies and McDonald's. And you're like, oh my God, this (laughs) is 100% accurate. That's right. And it's, and it was absolutely wonderful for just like to have this like new agency spiel. And then just like mega corporate stiff clients. And because you and you can know that this happens in real life because you've got these people who are trying to break away and make an agency and sell it to a bigger company so they can get their payday and finally retire, and it's always like the super corporate um, brands that have like a thousand marketing divisions who have a thousand agencies and they can get on the roster and they can get some like you know SEO audit or like corporate comms uh, strategy. And, and they, and they have the money and the budgets to just be like throwing this around. And that's how they start up. And then like, we want to be really different, but we're also going to do what big oil, daddy oil wants us to do. Yeah, But I I
0: bet you challenge them over beers in that one pub in London where all the agency people go to that you told me about. And they will tell you that in order to change these evil companies, you know, instead of fighting them from the outside, you better join them and fight them from the, you know, create change from the inside and that's what they're doing, right? Because I, I mean, because that's how, I, I, I just love it. That's how BP I, I, changes I, I, <laughs> with one yeah. small agency of seven people with one small agency who eats pizza crust first.
1: I mean, it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's great because like, especially the, especially the English agencies and they've all got these like breakaway, like ECDs from like some, some big, like shop you know, like bbh or white and kennedy and they'll go and join and, and with a strategist from um adam and eve and like they'll go and make a new shop and like we're different we do things differently we're not a media agency we're like a content placement specialist and like what the what the fuck are you talking about like we we, we don't do media we do storytelling like yeah we, what are you talking about yeah you, you're a media agency or like you're a what what are you saying? You don't like, uh, it's like an agency that we know. It's like, we do, we don't do branded content. We do story. We do storytelling with brands. Like get out of here. <laughs> what? What is this nonsense? Like it, the, and I, the problem is it's all the same. And it, it, it's every, it's how you, it's how the agencies think about it and the leadership in place. And then the people they employ that think about it in, in a, in a way that enhances the brand that makes them different and that's why you have really good agencies and that's why you have really bad agencies and people who just come out with nut no- with nothing and go like we're different we don't do things the way they were done before like well maybe the way they were done before was good because that's how it's worked so far and don't tell me like you're different because you eat pizza crust first get get out of here yeah
0: I, it's it's there are some fundamentals in place when it comes to marketing that everyone everyone believes that they can hack like hack it and it's just they're somehow going to um make a change right like somehow they're going to do something that no one else has thought of despite the fact that there's thousands of agencies and millions of marketers out there i think i think one of my favorite you know exchanges was with um someone who um on the client side who was trying to see if like what could be a way to get you know, to shift some awareness scores, um, you know, in a in a unique sort of way, and like the answer to that was basically like, bro, you got to generate reach, you know, like yeah, and that, <laughs> that reach means frequency. just you got to spend the money. Reach costs money, you know, and like it's <laughs> back to the fundamentals. And you know, thankfully they trusted in in that advice, and voila, like it it worked. But it when worked. you hear when you hear all of this like you know BS about you know changing changing the marketing's been around for over a hundred years like marketing in the way that we know it's like not marketing yeah. the storytelling sort of way like get off your soapbox people who are going to tell me that this has been around since the caveman ages. like no marketing advertising the way that we know this now <laughs> it's all about um good copy good art and uh then generating reach so people can see it like literally yeah. it's just that and telling people what to do call to action you know why don't you guys all focus on creating good calls to action before uh, before you start eating pizza crust first. I think that would be a good thing to, uh, um, to, to crack. I mean, do
1: you like you're, you're, if you're a, if you're a brand, do you want anarchists? Like, do you really want, I don't want you to come in here and like change my logo. I want you to just like get like sell more stuff. Let me look good, sell more stuff and just align your efforts around achieving my goals that's why they're paying you money and like not everything has to be some super smart really clever sometimes simple is good sometimes yeah sometimes you need this thinking when you have really crap advertising because the legacy client has been in place and they did absolute dross so i'm not saying like you shouldn't be thinking smart about it but like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of effort to try and be different it uh, is it feels very unauthentic
0: it is by the way before we jump into our final uh topic which is very much adjacent to this i just want to tell you that uh you're doing really well without like proper conversation juice like the rage is the rage is <laughs> there like yours. Spe- <laughs> the rage you're, you're just spewing venom and it's it's healthy it's healthy i'm glad uh, that it's coming from a place of sobriety good for it's you good. I, not, I i I'm support not. you
1: i'm not always grumpy like this but sometimes just when we
0: record me. these shows
1: just just when i found things to rant about this should be, this should be things alex rants about um and arsenal and and <laughs> arsenal yeah <laughs> that's what the podcast should be called
0: <laughs> things that alex rants uh, about and arsenal um, um yeah, so, so 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 yeah, in kind of very much just it's not even a segue, it's a continuation of this, but it's um it's it's a thing that you and I have been talking about for for, for a long time because we've been doing this for a long time in various capacities, but pitches and agency pitch decks. And um I I just you know we we talked about you know these types of you know agencies that want to present themselves as you know breaking new ground and being anarchists, and a lot of it is real BS and some of it maybe is good um there's also um you know you know the the thing that they all have to do which is win client business and i uh, you know i think a lot about you know the stories that agencies try to tell when they go to pitch a client's business and a lot of times when you when you hear the word pitch you think about like whoa an agency is going and pitching you know mcdonald's you know but you know the vast majority of the time it's some company with some percentage of their business that you know they want they want an agency's help with especially nowadays when advertising has become so complex you know you need uh, SEM specialists and you need you know SEO specialists and you need to have people who know how to do conversion rate optimization and you know like yep. and yep. You, it's it it becomes you know it becomes it creates a lot of opportunities for agencies to win business to kind of get their foot in the door and then hopefully you know expand from there on out but it also becomes very you know tactical in many sort of ways um and so i um i think there's sort of this two two kind of approaches that i see and i think you see those as well which is like an agency comes and tells you who they are and they spend very little yeah. time talking about who you are or like what your problems are and then there are those agencies that that come in and spend the majority of the time talking about your problem and very little time talking about themselves. Obviously, as like a marketer, as a, as a representing a brand, uh, the, second, the second thing appeals to me a lot more because we're spending the majority of this time talking about this. From an agency's perspective, uh, talking about the client and trying to solve their problem during a pitch process is in many ways giving away, uh, at least at a high level, the ideas that you have about how you're going to do the work. And so I just wanted to have a little bit of a conversation around, you know, what is the right approach, and why are some agencies skittish about, um, you know, tackling the problem, the problems the clients have with challenges in, during the pitch pro- process, and um, and what should they be doing um, in our minds? So, what's what what are kind of like your two cents uh, on on that on that front, Alex?
1: It's, it's a tricky one. Having now been on both sides of the fence from both agency and client and also creative and media, it's a really interesting thing to think about. I think the media and the creative have different problems um, when it comes to pitching. I think from the agency side, the issue of giving away your ideas... Uh, is much more of an issue with creative because the work that you're getting paid for Mm -hmm. for the most part is one to come up with a really good strategy and a creative concept that'll what did what did the guy say uh break and entering hearts and minds um so that that basic and the other half of it is making it so running working with a production company and making the ad real and delivering the assets to the media agency if you if you are in a pitch and you and the only way you can make it make a make a decision in your favor is by giving away the idea you've given away you know half of what you're there to do or more because the importance is creating that concept so from a creative point of view and you know and now it's even worse because you don't get paid for it, at least before you used to get paid to participate in pitches which right. made them much more important for clients as well you are less likely to get screwed around because it's going to cost them 20 20 grand 50 grand of their budget that they had to pay three five agencies so i think from a from, a, from that point of view. And this and and then this was compounded with bad clients yeah. who take everything because they can't think through um, what what an idea would be, and they want everything. So from a creative perspective, if you're going in there and you're giving away the strategy and you're giving away the concepts. and the basically, the next step is you can take that and use the production agency and and you can go and make the ad without having the the, the creative agency's involvement at all,
0: which or even happens. I think a worse offense is giving it to the incumbent who in theory is in a position where they are defending a business because they didn't do a good job and we know that happens I think yeah. I think that's what's giving this a whole really bad name is because agencies come in with faith that what they're doing is really going to give them a chance at winning the business and then the client seemingly whether that's true or not but the optics are they take all of those ideas and then they say oh we're going to keep the incumbent and how how would you not think that they're going to give the incumbent those ideas and say you know implement them
1: there's there's no way that that pitch deck gets presented and then the client's like you know what this is this is their IP. We should not share this anywhere else. Of course, it, the first thing that happens is like, all right, here is an idea that you know that we liked. Maybe you can do something similar, or this is the inspiration. and then the, then that idea gets made. You see this all the time in in the in the trades, like getting reported out. and it's like you hear the war stories in the pubs um when we could go to them. And, yeah, I mean, like some someone pitched an idea in in a pitch, and then six months later it comes out, yeah. and, you know, at Christmas, and it's all the rave and like it's as uproar and it's and it's a massive problem so i think that from a from a creative aspect is where people are like how much can we give them give them a taste of our thinking and show them what we can do um and without giving away the secret sauce and i think that's where you get into like here's what we've done for someone else and taking them through the story of the the thinking in that way so talking about themselves more than talking about the the problems. I think that is i think the for that situation the best case is like let's think about your problems and talk a lot about the 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 current climate um the was it like the climate the consumer i can't remember the other two there's there's a there's a really good one i could rattle off before but i i forgot uh but it's like here here's here are where your challenges are here your opportunities and then identifying your case studies where you've solved those problems for other clients but you can you can kind of bridge the gap of I understand your problem Mr and Mrs client and I've solved these problems before in these ways now if you look at media mm-hmm. the execution is much more commoditized because there's a you know for the most part money goes into facebook and google and then partnerships and then outdoor and you know, it's, much, it's much easier to hide away the exact splits, the budget splits, the channel splits, the CPMs you can get, how are you going to spend it, where are you are going to spend it, what's your optimization, and all of that tactical yeah. nitty-gritty in media, which is where your value lies, and talk more about the strategy and your approach and your audiences and your thinking about the problem without giving away all of the secret sauce. Um, But you also have the bank clients and the media side too, where you can, you know, you'll get an RFP that's like, tell us everything. We want to have this. I want to know exactly who the audience is. I want to know exactly where they are. I want to know exactly how you'd spend the money. I want to, you would give me a media plan for these two different targets. And I want it for the B2C and the B2B and I want it for a six month, and I want it for twelve months. And I want this, and they, and you have to do it because well, except if you, you want don't. to get the money. Except you, you don't, don't right. But if you want to win the pitch for this specific bad client, you got to do it. Now, my point of view on that was if they're going to act like that in a pitch, they're going to be a horrific client, and I would not want to work with them. But the problem is, senior leadership, they you know they. They need to make money, and if this is a way that they can make, I don't know, two million, five million million, to keep the lights on and pay your salary and, you know, have a team working on it that can then supplement some of the other good work that you're doing so you can grow the agency, I don't know, sacrifices have to be made in, in places, and it's not all good clients forever paying, paying you loads of money, so it it's, it's tough. It's a really tough one, but going back to your—I <laughs> did a lot of talking—going back to your original is— is um it's different and I think the the good clients are the ones that can put together the dots of like your strategic thinking and your the way that you approach problems um and can see how you're going to execute against that and they're the ones that you want to work with
0: yeah I mean thank you for coming to
1: my TED talk
0: (laughs) this was Alex McNamara um no, very. I think very good uh, analysis, and I would say that what's often missing, uh, I think, in the way that agencies. By the way, you and I have done a whole episode on pitches, and if we anyone have. wants to hear more of our thoughts on this, please um, go through the. We're also and we're going to plan that.
1: to do another episode as well with a guest, so, so stick tuned. around for that.
0: But. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, this is all about IP. Um, but you can find, I think you can thread that line, um, of, of talking strategically, relying on case studies. And I think where you can show differentiation is in the ability to understand if you're a creative agency, how this impacts media. And if you're a media agency and how you work mm-hmm. with a creative, you know, the very few times have I seen that sort of synergy being shown through pitches. And I think where you and I have been successful. Uh, is kind of connecting the dots between you know messaging and creative and, and, and the media execution. So yeah. uh, still a lot of opportunities, but at the end of the day, uh, it's for each agency to decide based on uh, what they're comfortable with, what their revenue situation is. But As importantly, it's, you know, we've talked about before when we're ranting on the agencies, you know, eating pizza crust first, bad (laughs) you know, insane, you know, stupid agencies giving good agencies kind of like a bad name because they go out public with stuff like this. Bad clients give good clients a bad name as well. And I think the reason why there is this lack of trust is, you know, for every hundred pitches where you have good clients with good intentions, you have a handful, unfortunately, who do really Crappy stuff like steal ideas and uh, keep incumbents, and uh, it then creates this ripple effect that affects the whole industry in a really material sort of way. So, wagging the finger at you, bad clients, <clears throat> don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. Do that. I mean, like, and and also like, they go into the
1: pitch process with, we want new ideas, we want strong ideas, we want to be different, we want to we want to do something different, and then it comes down to it's like we're keeping the incumbent because they gave us a 50% discount on what they were charging us before. Yeah. Like, sweet. So that's like three months work, sleepless nights, rehearsals, like countless, countless hours, and then they win because they have... Maybe have a worse idea, almost always have a worse idea, but have a much better financial incentive.
0: Yeah, it's been a it's been a, it's been a race to the bottom in this industry, unfortunately, and um, it's uh, with 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 digital becoming so dominant, it's only gotten worse because um, everything is so commoditized, except good ideas. But, good ideas are not commoditized.
1: But um, the in in the in our notes as well, there was one other thing which I we kind of talked about, but I do want to just sort of end at this at this place, which is the the balance of the talking about the agency versus talking about the the client problem which we touched on but i i felt like this you know when things get leaked and you've seen you've been part of pitches at different agencies and you've seen how different different types of people work but it's like the the difference about talking about the agency and talking about the client and A lot of people or agencies like to talk about themselves and how good they are to try and impress the client to be like, oh, we're really, really good. We've done it for, you know, here's our case study. Here's our case study. Here's how we think different. Here's how we're really good at this. Here's how we're really good at that. Here's how we do measurement. Here are the things that we do. And you can do a whole presentation talking about yourself, thinking you're talking to them in a way that they will connect the dots to how it works for their business and then you can look back at it in isolation or you know with no context and realize it isn't mm-hmm. um or or you talk about their business problem and talk almost nothing about the agency you can be like here's who you are here's what we do and then you can say like and we've thought about here's culturally uh, some headwinds that you've got here's your business challenges and here are some opportunities for you and here is how we we think about it for you specifically, and
0: it's kind of like the. And here's the case study that that shows that we actually know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Or here's an here's an, here's an idea that we give you for free because we think we re, we know how to how to approach this solution. And if we get through to the next round after this you know, credits meeting, we'll give you more of these, or we'll give us we'll give us more information, and we'll refine it to make it better. And it's like almost a combination of. Agencies' hubris thinking that they are talking to the client in a language that they want and a lack of time to prepare because they're pitching a whole bunch of different things and they've got canned pitch decks or chemistry decks or credits decks so they can just whip out and it's all about it's general enough they can talk to anyone but it's self-centered enough that it's talking about them to everyone which i think is is important that you should go in there with, you know, yeah, it's more effort, of course, but if you want it to be good and stand out, you got to talk to the client about what they care about, not what you think, what you care about that they should care about, which I think is, I think is really important. Thoughts. Well done. (laughs) Thanks.
0: (laughs) Those are the thoughts. My, my man here has a lot of passion for this subject as, as do I. Um,
1: I can wang on about this forever, <laughs> even with no conversation
0: juice. I'll uh, we'll wait till February, so I make sure you wait till February. You're, you're re- up, and then we'll uh, sculling we'll, we'll PBRs. Hey, listen, um, great, listen. great topic to end this episode on. Uh, as you said, we have plans to expand on this again uh, by having guests who have a lot of experience and opinions on this topic. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And in the meantime good luck with the rest of your um semi-sober january Um, dryish january dryish.
1: semi-sober makes it sound like it's a problem
0: it's not (laughs) we're not at that stage yet of admitting it not yet yeah not yet um and i will see you soon see you soon